Hi, it's time to be affirmed and to be affirming. This is Richard Lanford. I'm the redheaded preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois, an open and affirming congregation in the United Church of Christ. Thanks for tuning in on the Sunday of June 25th, 2023. And you know, I don't mean that you're tuning in on the 25th, but it's the Sunday service of June 25th at St. Peter's. And uh, in the United States, and at least in a lot of the United States, it's known as Pride Sunday and Pride Month. Uh, and we uh, at St. Peter's uh, also mark this day and uh, this month with some activities that we participated in. And also this uh, the last two sermons, services, and particularly today, which is the day after our fifth anniversary of our adoption at St. Peter's of our Open and Affirming Covenant. The message is about, it's called And Affirming, and uh, the passages I think might be listed there from uh, four different ones. David Iannotti is our elector, and uh, I am just excited about what you'll get to hear. It might sound very basic to you. It might sound somewhat challenging to you. It all depends on where one's coming from and uh, where one's uh, house of worship is at. In a bunch of different places, I know uh, they certainly can be. So without any uh, more words from me and any more hemming and hawing uh, from someone who doesn't like to hem and haw and doesn't like you to have to hear any either, uh, let's turn it over to our elector, David. Take it away, David. Our first reading is from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. It is chapter 34, verses 1 and 2, 4 and 5, and then 11 through 16. Ezekiel gives voice to the Lord's anger against the shepherds of the day, and then God's pledge to be the true shepherd to make up for their failings. In those days, the word shepherd can mean the priests of Israel, but the word can also mean ruler, as in the kings of Israel not taking care of their common people. The word of the Lord came to me, mortal prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, you shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You have not strengthened the weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strayed. You have not sought the lost, but with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered, because there was no shepherd, and scattered they became for food in all the wild animals. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep. And will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by their watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, 
and they shall feed on a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. This ends the reading from the prophets. Next, we have another one of those Sundays where there are more than three lessons. We will hear from 1 Corinthians 12 and the first letter of John chapter 4. The first passage will be 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 7, followed by verses 12 and 13, and then verses 27 through 31. Paul is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the church as the body of Christ on earth. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do we all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Now, let us hear 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love re was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he abides in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father has sent his son as the savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed that the love of God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. This ends the reading of the epistles. Our service continues with Ben sharing a musical meditation. Thank you, Ben. Will those who are able please rise for the reading of the Gospel lesson?
This morning, we return to a familiar but also important piece of John's Gospel. It's chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Jesus has been talking to Nicodemus, and at this point refers to a story from Exodus, when the Hebrews who disrespected God were being bitten by a poisonous snakes and suffering, and the remedy God provides. Jesus said, No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Here ends the reading from the Gospel and our scriptures for this morning service. May God grant us the blessing of a wise and generous understanding of this, the Word of God from the people of God. On June 15th, I had lunch at Portillo's with my colleague, the Reverend Blair Hall. Uh, Blair preached for me, uh, I think all four times a couple of years ago here at St. Peter's, and she is preaching and leading the second half of worship the two Sundays this summer while I'm on vacation. I told her about this two-part sermon series, uh, one on open last Sunday, and this one on affirming. She said, what about and? As in, aren't you doing a sermon on and? She was serious, and I took her seriously, because when it comes to a church going through UCC's open and affirming process, there are folks who I know were open but not so sure about affirming. A sermon on and could well be about how someone goes from being open and affirming, if they do make that journey. I think it has to do with persons applying different definitions to the two words, different from the UCC anyway. There was a time I called myself that, open but not so sure about affirming. And I was focusing on stuff then that I learned I did not need to focus on. Obviously, I journeyed past that several years ago. And could be a sermon about those things. Obviously, I see its validity. I have too much to share with us, however, on this Pride Month, about this Pride Sunday, about our covenant being open and affirming, as well as as well as open to spend any more time on and. What are we affirming to our LGBTQ plus friends, relatives, co-workers and neighbors and church members and friends? What are we affirming? Let me tell you a quick story, lifting this answer up. I know someone who talked about struggling to believe in a personal God. He spoke of the profound distrust he had grown up with and still held towards almost everyone and everything. A very small circle of tight friends. He said that asking him to believe in a God or a power in the universe that cared was one thing that he had trouble accepting. But to ask him to believe in a God who cared for him was a further stretch altogether because he did not love himself. He did not care for himself. And so he could, how could a God love him 
if he could not love his own self. His life was a testimony to that unlove of self. He engaged in self-destructive behavior, and although that ended, his struggle continued and still may. It reminded me that all kinds of people can struggle not only to believe that God exists, but to believe that God can and does love them, even if they do not love themselves. It's possible that many of us this morning went through that even as we grew up in church. Some may still wrestle with this. And we know how the church of all places so often ostracized and ostracizes, condemned and condemns, sat and sits in self-righteous judgment and hatred on LGBTQ plus persons. And many still do, as I said, in various ways. The church, the church, be the church. The church is the proclaimer of the gospel in miniature. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world. That wasn't Jesus' agenda. But that the world might be saved through him. Yet the loudest of churches, it seems, decide to delete that part of the scriptures so it can focus on the handful of verses called the clobber passages. Gay teens have and have had a high suicide rate still, and the message of the churches that say, well, God hates you, you're not welcome here, cannot but play a role in that most lonely of acts. An open and affirming church affirms clearly that God loves those teens. God loves the world, including every one. Not only are LGBTQ plus persons made in the image of God as members of the human family, because the human family is made in the image of God, but they're equally loved by God, equally loved by God, equally compared to the rest of the world. We affirm God's love them, especially perhaps if they feel that God hates them because they've been taught that. The first way for a church to be affirming is to affirm the unconditional grace of God for them and for the world. Do not be silent and do not merely say it. God's love is a searching love. We hear in Ezekiel, which is why I chose it. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, like in green pastures. I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. God's love is a sacrificial grace. We heard David read, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We affirm this marvelous, forgiving love of God for the world. Whether the world responds or not after hearing this is up to the world. Affirming God's love means affirming our love, too, in this covenant and in our deeds. 
The very next sentence in 1 John is, Beloved, since God so loved us, or loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. And I'm reminded of Matthew 7, 12, where Jesus says, In everything, everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. In moving beyond open and to affirming, we affirm God's boundless love and our own love for those who for so long have heard nothing but unwelcome, hostility, judgment, and hatred levied against them, at them, we do to others as we would have them do to us. This is scripture. One way open and affirming congregations are open to and affirming our LGBTQ plus folks is to let them be and not make a huge deal about them. Like in our fellowship, they are exotic or other. That's not very welcoming or sensitive or affirming, really. To affirm is to welcome their presence, their friendship, their membership, their participation in the ministries of the church, just because of who they are as people. Everyone, we're glad you're here. A year ago, I celebrated a private baptism here where the child's parents were both women who were in a relationship. It was a first for St. Peter's, so it was mentioned like that, celebrated like that. Yet afterwards, some time afterwards, a member of our church shared with me her concern that we made too much about this two moms aspect. We should have shared the news of the event, yes, but that the child had two moms should not matter. Unfortunately, I was singling them out, whereas, I, whereas if it were a mom and a dad, I would not have so lifted them or the baptism up. There was an understanding that we wanted to let folks know we were moving forward and living out our covenant with this first. And yet being singled out can be unwelcoming. The comment I was given was a kindly expressed call for equal treatment in language and attitude, approach, and affirmation. Now, as I approached these sermons, I emailed Ben uh, for input ideas, um, and he was willing to let me quote him in something he wrote me last week, which makes plain, not that it needed to be made much plainer, what the church member said to me. And I, Ben did give me permission to say these few sentences. He said, I think for me, what immediately comes to mind when thinking of open is that an open space is a space where I am not othered, that I or members of the LGBTQ community may be gay, etc., but we are simply a person just like everyone else who is welcome in the church community. We are simply people who want a relationship with God and are treated just like a straight person, not a token person. This is being open It is also a way to be affirming. In the UCC resolution calling on UCC congregations to covenant as open and affirming, some of it reads, we welcome lesbian, gay, and bisexual people, see it's dated, 
to join our congregations in the same spirit and manner used in the acceptance of any new members. We join together as a covenantal community to celebrate and share our common communion and the reassurance that we are created by God, reconciled by Christ, and empowered by the grace of the Holy Spirit. St. Paul also talks about the value of every member of the body of Christ, the church. He knows persons play different roles in the church according to their gifts, but they should all be honored as equally important. No one celebrated over the others. Each one has an essential part to play. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For just as the body is one and has many members, all and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all made to drink of one spirit. He continued later, Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. What I should have included in David's materials is this verse. God has so arranged the body that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Then, Paul wrote, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. When our open and affirming covenant was drafted, we made sure to include the language which affirmed, we therefore welcome all people to share our church for the purposes of worship, marriage, baptism, uh, funeral and fellowship, with full participation in the life and ministries of the church. This affirms that all persons listed in the covenant are not only eligible for membership and having having a baptism or a funeral here, but also for full participation in the ministry of the church. Which means, for example, that when an open and affirming congregation undergoes a pastoral search, for example, then, LGBTQ plus candidates for that pastoral opening will receive the same consideration as any other candidate. As I approach third, getting ready to round it and head home, I do believe that St. Peter's should continue to share our open and affirming status in its fullness. How else will persons who seek a church like ours but do not know about us find us? But we need to be aware of affirming ourselves, of being ONA in a way that others or singles out those we want to welcome and be open to and affirm. Also from the United Church webpage on the call to congregations to covenant, I found this worth sharing, especially after what I just said. This is the heading. Opportunities to live in covenant. Your open and affirming congregation can help change the world. Then below the headline. Being an, open, being an ONA congregation is not just about welcoming lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender seekers into a congregation. An open and affirming covenant is a living commitment to speak out as a partner and ally to the concerns of LGBTQIA people and enabling faith communities to put their faith into action by advocating in their wider community. This might include issues 
and they gave some points which I'll share with you, and then I will be truly heading home, bringing the sermon home. For LGBTQ plus youth in your community, especially in public and charter schools where they face cyberbullying, verbal abuse, and physical assault. Now, these, this might include issues like for our faith being put into action and advocacy. For LGBTQ seniors who are not safe in their nursing or in retirement homes and who need the support of a church family. For transgender citizens who face discrimination in employment and housing and whose basic medical needs are not covered by health insurance if they are not. For LGBTQ refugees and asylum seekers who face persecution and imprisonment at home or worse. Hello, Uganda. And the list continued. The article ended by affirming your ONA congregation can make a difference in your community, in your state, and beyond. Every small step you take toward justice and human rights brings us closer to the reign of God, R-E-I-G-N, the reign of God in which everyone is wanted, everyone is welcome, no one is left behind, end quote. We are already somewhat aware of how we can help when our announcements some time ago listed links to contact various state legislatures that were contemplating legislation penalizing trans kids particularly. These labors, too, are part of being open and affirming without running a risk of making some in our church feel like they are other or any less a part of the church than a straight person. Our covenant is broader in outreach than the LGBTQIA communities. Read the covenant and you'll see that it is much broader than that in our reach. But as this is Pride Month, that's the focus of my elaboration of our covenant, grounded in the grace of God that we know in Jesus Christ and are following in his footsteps. Why? To the glory of God. Amen. Hey, how did that strike you? I hope that you found the message uh, maybe affirming. How's that for a description? Um, and I also do hope that maybe it gave you some things to think about, some things perhaps to be encouraged by, um, some things to give courage, uh, a way to be in the world guided by the love of God. And if that's what you came away with, I'm glad uh, for what we're about here at the Redheaded Preacher podcast is to build up the people of God, that they may shine the light of the grace of God wherever they go, because we all need encouragement in doing that. We all need some help because none of us are supposed to be Christians in this world all by ourselves. We're part of a community, a worldwide universal church kind of community, regardless of denominations. Um, and different parts of the body of Christ. We're all really meant here to be for one another so that we all can be here for the world that needs the message of the love of God. So thanks for listening. And I hope that you'll tune in the next chance you are able to. I know that our next podcast is going to be from Sunday, July 2nd. And I've already got a theme, which is about the heritage that both the United States and the Christian communities have um, of being rebellious. I'll leave you with that. And again, 
May God bless you, and may God bless your week. Bye. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Redheaded Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much 